Hello, this is Bill Lytell with some wisdom for your walk. There's a verse that's, uh, I don't know if this happens to you, but as you read the Bible, it kind of pops off the page and just hits you. That was Matthew 19, 29. These are Jesus' words. He said, Everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Now that's found in some other places, and other what we call parallel passages. That means what's found in Matthew is a similar passage is also found in other places of, of, the, of the four Gospels. And that's what we call parallel passages, and that, that helps you get a grip on that stuff. If you put all those parallel passages together, both Mark and Luke, we have, uh, uh, let's see, Luke chapter 18, verse 29, would, would be a, a parallel passage of that. And so let me kind of read you what I came up with, my, what I call my composite of all three parallel passages and everyone that have forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake uh, and for the sake of the gospels, for the gospel's sake, if I may say that, for the kingdom of God's sake, because uh, Mark says uh, for, the, for the gospel's sake and kingdom of, and Luke's the kingdom of God's sake. So you just put all that together and you have if you've forsaken all of this for my name's sake or for the gospel's sake or for the kingdom of God's sake, which, by the way, is all the same, shall receive a hundredfold, manifold more in this present time in houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands, and shall inherit everlasting life in the world to, and in the world to come eternal life. It's just putting all them passages together. I don't know if you you remember uh, if you're depending on how familiar you are familiar you are with the Bible, but in Luke chapter 18, we have this rich young ruler comes up to Jesus, and let me read it. A certain ruler asked him, saying, "Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life?" North basically, what do I need to do to be saved? And uh, you know the guy is uh, you know. Seemingly, probably, obviously, uh, by by looking, he's he's sincere. Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one that is God. That's a deity of Christ's passage there. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. This is before this is before the age of grace, before salvation by repentance and faith in Christ. This is under the law of Moses still. So he said, keep the law, basically. And he said, oh, and this is interesting. All these have I kept from my youth up. Now, I don't know about you, but if you were asked if you'd been, if you'd kept all the law, what would you say? I mean, would you say, yeah, I've kept all the law. I'm, I'm basically, as far as the law is concerned, perfect. When James 2.10 says, if you offend the law in one point, you're guilty of all. And when Hebrews makes it clear that nobody's kept the whole law, 
and everybody's offended. And so this boy, first of all, has a has some problems, has some self-image. He's a little higher self-image than he ought to have. He's not coming from a humble spirit. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And maybe the most, it's a sad verse for me, but in Luke 18, 23, it says, When he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. What did Jesus do? Jesus simply, the boy said, I've kept the law from my youth up. I'm good. And Jesus said, really, you think you're good? Well, okay, just sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. You want eternal life? I'm telling you how to get it. Jesus simply gave him an assignment to prove what he thought he was to what he really was. And God is going to do that in your life and has and is doing it in my life, maybe already doing it in your life. But he's going, in every, in every believer's life, he's going to prove you. He's going to examine you. He's going to, he's going to give you some, some assignment that uh, is going to test whether really you were real or not. Let me give you some examples biblically. Abraham. You remember Abraham, chapter, Genesis chapter 22, verse 12. He basically tells Abraham, I want you to say, I've given you one son, Isaac, by promise. You had him when you were too old to have children. Your wife was too old to have children. He's a miracle child. But now I want you to take Isaac and I, or, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. And so, now most of us would have been in horror at that. Sacrifice my son? Like, I'd kill him on a stack of wood. Back then they were familiar with altars and sacrifices. And he knew exactly what God was asking him to do. And so in Genesis 22, basically 12, God says, um, God says to him, you, you, you've passed the test. You've passed the test. Uh, you, you, you've made it. Uh, let, me, let me read you the verse. And he said, uh, Genesis chapter twenty, chapter twenty-two, and verse twelve. And, and God said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Now, think about that. He tested Abraham. Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Chapter 12, chapter 15 of Genesis, he gives him a covenant. He said, you're going to, you're going to be the guy that basically makes the world hear about the gospel. Your seed is going to be larger than you go. If you can count the stars, that's how big your seed's going to be. But, but Abraham was untested in chapter 12 and chapter 15. 
But there came a time in his spiritual life where God brought in a test. Do you trust me? Basically, God's going to bring something into your life that screams, do you trust yourself? Do you trust your feelings? Do you trust your impulses? Do you trust people around you as advice? Or do you trust God and the Bible? That's what's going to happen. Jacob, in Genesis 32, 28, Jacob wrestled with God, verse 28. And an angel said, thou, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, as far as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men, and has prevailed. That was 20 years after he left his family, uh, and he had betrayed his brother Esau. And God, was, God told him, I'll go with you and be with you, but it was not without test things and trials if you know the life much of Jacob. So I like the disciples in Luke 18, 28, after this rich man came to Jesus, he said, they looked at, they, well, Peter said, and he was always representative of those folks. He says, lo, we have left all and follow thee. And then in, in Luke 18, 29, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that have left the house or parents or brethren and wife, or wife. Now, in all three occasions this appears in the gospel, it never says you leave wives, plural. You leave wife. Other things are plural, like children, parents, obviously you got two of them. Also, it's leaving lands. You can have more than one parent, more than, you can own one more than, more than one land, if I may say, piece of land. But when it comes to your wife, it's always singular, wife. That's because you're only supposed to have one wife for life. That's the Bible's teaching on marriage, one wife for life. If she dies, you can have another wife because death uh, death uh, destroys the marriage covenant, undoes it. But That's all that undoes it. Even divorce doesn't undo it, because you divorce and remarry, you commit adultery, the Bible says, three places in the Gospels. So the only thing that undoes marriage, really, is death, till death do us part. No, it's just a side teaching there. And verse 30 says, we shall not, Who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come everlasting life? Jesus said, look, you sacrifice for me. The disciple says, man, we've left everything. We've left everything and followed you. And he said, don't worry about it because I'm going to reward you. To, I'm going to basically knock your socks off in reward because you followed me and you've been willing to leave houses and you've been willing to leave lands and you've been willing to leave mom and dad and aunt and uncles and you weren't able to go to their funeral because you were on a mission field or pastoring a church or you couldn't get up to your grandpa's funerals and your you couldn't live down the road from your family and have Christmas together and Easter together and holidays together and reunions together. You gave all that up for me? Okay, I'm going to prove you. I'm going to prove you. Are you willing to give it up? Like he told that rich boy, hey, give everything you got to the poor and follow me. What, what, that, what was that? That was an assignment to prove whether he was real or not. Let me just say this. God does not live with half-hearted fakes. He wants it all. He wants to know you're real. And by the way, that's not so unusual. When you marry a, a, your spouse, you want to know your spouse is real. 
and through the as 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 a marriage um, unfolds itself through the years, there are tests that come to your mate to see if they're going to be true to you. There are tests that come to see if they're honest with you. And eventually, as you've been married like I have for 51 plus years, you believe with all your heart that your mate really, really loves you and is totally devoted to you and none other, but not just on her words or his words, but on their action. They have been proven. They have been proven as God proves us, life proves you, whether you're legitimate or not with God. So I hope this helps you some. Uh, God God wants you to do right. He's willing to give you things. He's willing to reward you past anything on this old planet Earth. But you have to you have to be proven to be true on this and honest with Him. May God help you, bless you. This is wisdom for your walk.